Making a recipe that calls for butter? Make it better with European butter from France. With a minimum of 82% butter fat, it's no wonder French butter is the number one choice for chefs the world over. Whether you're whipping up an omelet, sauteing vegetables, or spreading it on toast, the rich, cultured flavor of butter from France always elevates. Be sure to look for Made in France on the label, and for recipes, tips, and tricks, go to tasteeurope.com. At home, you know, my parents didn't cook a lot of chicken at this point until we were older and we were like, we want the butter chicken. So a lot of like okra, a lot of like mm -hmm. bang and partha, eggplant, a lot of uh, uh, alu gobi, cauliflower. Cabbage is called bund gobi, closed cauliflower. This is Taste. I'm your host, Matt Rodbard. Here are two classic conversations on This is Taste. Himanshi Suri is best known by the rap name Heems. He was formerly in the group Das Racist. You may remember the combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell song. But he's also the biggest fan of Punjabi food that I know. It's his culture, and we really get into it. It's a great conversation. Also appearing is James Harris, co-founder of Throwing Fits, which is one of my favorite podcasts and communities out there. It's a really, it's just fun hanging with James, talking about Brooklyn, talking about fashion. Honestly. Heems and James Harris, I couldn't think of two better folks to put together. I love these classic conversations on This Is Taste. Himanshu Suri, welcome to Taste Podcast. Thank you. What's up? Yo, Heems, it's, it's, it's cool to talk to you. Um, I think I've been following your career since early. I mean... I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> It's cool. No, I, that's racist, man. You guys, you guys are, I think, underrated. I'm just going to be that guy. I'll take it. I I'll mean, Three Feet High and Rising, one of my favorite albums. Y what you've done with your two mixtapes in particular, I mean, th that's the Three Feet High of my growing up in New York. Yeah, as I'm, an adult, I, I uh, you know, we got associated with the uh, BC Boys and De La Soul, which was awesome. I wish I had thought about that while we were pitching record labels because <laughs> they just looked at us and scratched their heads. And I yeah. should have just been like, oh, De La Soul, Beastie Boys, I'll sign right here, you know. I want to get into your growing up in Queens, growing living in Long Island, but let's talk about labels. Like, you must have been taken out when you were really being courted by labels for food and stuff. Oh, yeah, you know, um... Like, early on, we would get taken out. A&Rs like to uh, kind of meet up with you and then not do anything just so if you <laughs> blow up, they could be like, yeah, 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 remember us from back then. Yeah. But we also, like, didn't have, like, developed, like, palettes or taste because it was just, like, fresh out of college and stuff. Um, not that I would have done anything differently. I mean, I could think of two meals. One was we loved Shanghai Cafe on Mott Street. Mm -hmm. And and actually, we had multiple, that was our go-to spot for uh, soup dumplings, Xiaolongbao. Yeah. And um, we'd always say it's like a humbling food. It would it would, it would would level the playing field to see like this A&R kind of like. Sucking on an XLB. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and yeah. so that, and like, I feel like I went to like diner in Williamsburg once. Yeah. Um, and then I, I had like a high powered uh, rap lawyer, and uh, mm -hmm. he accidentally forwarded me like a uh, like a uh, something for another rapper where they went to like I think it was like one of Batali's restaurants, and it was like that like oh you're taking these people out to fancy <laughs> shit and like you know. <laughs> and. I, and an unfortunate forward from a from a label or from a from a lawyer is pretty great. I feel like that's honestly 
what rap music is built on is like unfortunate circumstances like that. I love that. Karma. Yeah. Kismet. That's an Indian word. Boom. Kismet is so good. Okay. You grew up in Queens. You, you went to Stuy. You went to Stuyvesant High School. Graduated in 03. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So let, this is an era. I want to I wanna get into your food growing up because you're in two worlds, right? You're, you're living in Queens, but you're downtown. You're in, in Stuyvesant. So what's food like when you're in high school? Yeah, it's still, you know, again, like high school. I mean, it wasn't that different. It was an extension of like my childhood food. So, I mean, I grew up where outside of Indian food at home, you know, uh, working class, like food from outside wasn't mm. regular, you know, maybe like maybe regular like once a week. But, you know, New York City pizza, one, and then like mm. Chinese food from the local spot, too. Uh, occasionally, so we could like fit in McDonald's, but no beef mm. in the house. Okay. So only the chicken nuggets. Yeah. Um, and 18 piece or or six well oh, back then I, I guess 18 me yeah. and my sister yeah um but also i remember my dad would stop off on the train back from his job you like push papers at hospitals for the city and he would pick up like turkey subs from like this one spot on jackson heights that would do like a hero and a tropical fantasy mm. soda for like 250 and it was yeah. it was foreign to me it was like mm. we didn't I ate bologna sandwiches. I never ate turkey. And so I just, I, I look back at that, like how fucking spoiled I've become now where like I was so happy <laughs> when dad would bring home a turkey sub, you know? Yeah. Um, and then Stuyvesant, you know, we got to leave for lunch, which was different for oh, most public yeah. high schools in New York. So same thing, pizza. I remember one time we went to get pizza and like my buddy goes up and he's like, you know, I'll have a regular slice. And then I go up and the guy goes, what do you want, a Supreme? I was a heavy guy, and this fucking asshole. I think about him every every week. What a triggering piece of shit, man! What a, what a bad thing to say. There's to no a kid. reason to do that. He wasn't like that skinny himself, and no, like you know, they, he, he thought I wanted like the meat lover. And I, man, I really yeah yeah that shit hurt. But <laughs> yeah, um, I remember once there, I went to McDonald's and I saw the rapper Drag On from Rough Riders. Yeah, and wow, um, another little food memory I have. Did he is, roll up in a four wheeler? I feel like Rough Riders guy got a rope in a four wheeler. No, nah, he had a shitty car. He probably had a <laughs> shitty record deal. He had a shitty career. I hope he never listens to this. I doubt it. And uh, possibly there, there was this like high end restaurant called Acapella in Tribeca, and uh, we used to steal their bread in the morning on our way to school. So that was a memory ah. I have. Like the loaves of bread hanging outside the restaurant. I mean, I know the Khalees song. That's all I know about Acapella. I, I gotta, I gotta say, like, stealing bread is a really great New York City story. Yeah. It's it's good. Um, what about like Punjabi cuisine in your house? Oh, also, were you guys the, cooking that? What was it? Pakistan Tea House was this ah. like small like you know cabbie spot in Tribeca that we used to like going to. Um, at home, you know, my parents don't didn't cook a lot of chicken at this point until we were older, and we were like, we want the butter chicken. Yeah, um, yeah. So a lot of like okra, a lot of like mm -hmm. bangin partha eggplant, um, a lot of uh, uh, alu gobi, cauliflower. Mm -hmm. And then uh, cabbage is called bandgobi, closed cauliflower. Yeah. It's called, uh, we would have that. Mm -hmm. And uh, just typical kind of uh, vegetarian Punjabi fare. Yeah. Um, nothing too crazy. Did your mom have like a spice box, a daba by the kitchen? Was it kind of that kind of? Oh, hustle? yeah. I love that thing. Um, so cool. Uh, Namakdani or, uh, yeah. So you got your red pepper, your salt, your coriander, your garam masala, 
your Haldi turmeric. Yeah, mm-hmm. we still that's no Indian home is complete without that. I love that. It's it's so it's so cool to to see how technical the cooking can be with all, with the daba box. I mean, it's crazy. It's so tempering tempering spices is rad. I mean, that's it's, so funny you say technical because I associate <laughs> it with the opposite. I know, I know. This is an interesting topic. Yeah, I mean, trying to learn food from my mom. The, all Indian parents are like, you just throw in this, you yeah. throw in that, which people know. But my mom also kind of wanted to reinforce these gender roles for a while where she was like, you're a boy. Why would you want to yeah. learn that? And I'd be like, this is bullshit. Um, you really wanted to cook with her. Yeah, I wanted Damn. to learn. Eventually, yeah. during COVID, after my father passed and we were living together, yeah. so I did get a little bit more of it. But in many ways, I learned from just peeking old, over her shoulders. I learned from smell a lot. So I I like to think it's probably bullshit, but that I can smell like a dish and be like, this is done. This smells like mom's, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, but for me, as like not technically trained, it's such a colorful visual of the spice kit that like I I think of it kind of like a like a dish as a palette, all these cliche shit, but mm-hmm. like a little bit of the red, a little bit of the orange, a little bit of the white, a little bit of the brown, and I kind of, you know, look at it like that, like some uh, like abstract kind of like art where I'm just throwing in mm-hmm. bits until it smells right Until to it me. smells right. And that's, I, when I say technical too, just to back up, I was, I'm kind of, I don't like saying complexity because that's like such a trite and, and bad word, but it's not like taking the Paul Newman's jar of, of marinara and dumping it in pasta, which right. certain kitchens, mine growing up made. So when you were growing up, you had a daba box. You had the red and the and the and the black. It's, yeah, it's different. You know, it's funny. I've, I've spoken about this before too. But now with all these kinds of like DTC brands yeah. and like all of the, and not just from like Americans, but from Indians too. Like I was asked, like, what do you, what do your parents do? Like, do they cook with the pre-made butter chicken spice mix or mm. chicken tikka spice mix? And like, yeah, they fucking do. They've lived yeah. in America for thirty years. <laughs> you know, Maya they, Kamal. Yeah, I'm not familiar with. Yeah, Maya Kamal's does these standard stir sauces that are pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it. It saves time. They taste great. For my mom, she doesn't cook with a lot of meat, so they, they're probably better than she thinks she can make. And so, you know, we use the pre-made spice kits just as much. I mean, yeah. it's hard to make your like dirty spice masala. Like, <laughs> nah, no, not <laughs> happening. Um, I have to shout out Amrit Singh's Doc Dosa Hunt, which I saw when it came out, and it's such an underrated underseen amazing film and you're on that that crawl with him and a bunch of musicians yeah do you guys ever do you still eat dosa with some of those guys oh man yeah i i, I kind of like executive produced that with amrit we like yeah you know, came up with the idea together and then shout like, out to amrit yeah yeah amrit. he's he's out in la he's yeah. like a news reporter he's now. on tv yeah he's a good guy he's great man he's great um yeah, I, I, I don't talk to all of them. Um, I do talk with Anand Wilder from Yesayer a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's We regularly text. He sent me some beats recently mm. for some music I'm working on. And um, he was the, he was the one who, like, after that day was like, I, I got to make this myself. And, like, <laughs> so he he definitely made, like, Dosa right after that. And then um, I talk with Vijay Iyer a lot, mm-hmm. um, the pianist, the professor, the, the, the fucking man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've like forced the mentor title upon him. Yeah. Um, so I do keep in touch with them. Um, I, I last saw Rostam uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's obviously familiar with like Parisian cooking from he, his family. He's extremely skilled in the kitchen. I've heard. Oh, really? I've never met Rostam, but I, I know that dude's got a kitchen in LA. He's got does a lot of parties. 
I've heard on the DL. That adds up, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was like a fun little kind of quirky idea we had, and and, and Amrit really made it happen, so that was cool. Shouts yeah. out him. It's like food media, like, it should. I wish more folks would have, like, funded that kind of stuff, and, like, it's kind of where we were heading, and then whatever happened with, like, Instagram, doc film wasn't as viable, I guess. Not This isn't a, a show about the future of media, but I feel like that film, I wish there was more. I wish it was a series. Yeah, I guess I guess there is a lot more stuff kind of like in the in Netflix and stuff like that, but it was cool. Yeah. Um, true, 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 true. To to just focus on like Dosa for that day. Yeah. And it was like a quick shoot, short thing, short yeah. doc. And um yeah, it'd be cool to do something like that again. A link to in the show notes. I wanna ask you about Tony Bourdain. You were on his show a couple times. Yeah. And I um, mean you, you did a song and you were in the fridge and that's like a classic song. I love that song. Yeah. That moment. And then you did a sit down with him too. Yeah. What I guess let me ask you when you shoot with Tony what's going through your mind? Yeah, man, he's he was amazing. He was really amazing. He was one of those people where like what for him to kind of even speak to me let alone like work with me was one of those moments where it's like not about like money or fame or clout like the validation of your peers is just immense you know, when we do these kinds of things. And, you know, early on, Helen Cho, amazing, yeah. amazing. Um, Shout out to Helen Cho, love Helen. Amazing person. Um, I think she put it in front of him that I had rapped about, like, and it's funny, it wasn't even his food as much as his style, just yeah. wearing T-shirts and jeans and yeah. just this kind of, like, down, downtown kind of punk figurehead and, and the book, of course. And um, so we got to do uh, the rapping thing, but it was over a green screen, so I never met him at that point. Yeah. Then uh, he reached out doing the Punjab episode and was like, each uh, episode is based on like a film. And um, he was so hands-on with the music. He would send me notes back and it wasn't like his producers. He would mm -hmm. be like, I love this. I love this. Uh, I'd like you to do this. And, you know, not a lot of notes, nothing like OD. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I worked with a producer where we took sounds of my mom cooking at yeah. home and turned that into a beat. So like the sound of the roti uh, hitting the, the, the tawa, the um, frying pan like mm -hmm. thing. Um, and the sound, I think my niece crying in the background. And then for Vietnam, they have a, uh, for Houston, my bad, they have a big mm. uh, Indian population as well. So there he was like, Would, what, how do you feel about doing like the national anthem, but like with a sitar or something? And I was like, you know, that's a great note to lead with. Yeah. Um, and uh, the American national anthem, to be clear. Yeah, okay, I was like, what are we talking about here? We're talking about, yeah. So. The, the um, one, the guy. <laughs> yeah, like, it was cool, because he was just, he was more hands-on than somebody yeah. that you would think of that level. And then finally, I met him at, like, a punk show uh, for Danny Boyan's band mm -hmm. um, downtown, and we kicked it a little bit there. We we used to message a lot on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. That's how, like, most of our communication worked. And then, yeah, to sit down with him was amazing. I I, I was, like coming off of like a tour in L in, in uh, with sweatshop boys and I was like terribly hungover and tired and it was like the a day I'd been looking forward to for ages and you know I remember the Chinese restaurant that we yeah. like took him to it wasn't even that good man. up in your old neighborhood up in Flushing yeah. it was just like conveniently located next to my Hindu temple and they had yeah. soup dumplings so I would just like leave the temple and like go eat soup dumplings mm. but it was the type of place where like the, the the cooks are smoking cigarettes in the kitchen and it just felt like like it reminded me of like you know like going to to tour in China and eating there, mm -hmm. but lots of fast food. The Tibetan place was really dope. You know, yeah. the owners are great people, and um, yeah, Tony. When I wanted to start a restaurant, would say things like, "Don't 
fucking put any of your money into it. <laughs> yeah, like, good advice. Good advice. Like, don't put your credit into it. Yeah. Like, maybe partner with someone. You know, when I would talk to him about recovery and, like, quitting dope, he would say things like, like, that's, you know, what you're going through now. Like, your body's, like, temperature clock must be all kinds of fucked up. And, you know, like, everyone's got to eat a shit sandwich. You get to decide how big it is. Sounds like a Tonyism right there. I mean, it had to be only from that guy. Would you say something like that? Amazing, yeah. I mean, yeah. a couple of else. He would say, like, statistically, I knew that, like, the other night, like one out of 20 people in the room I was doing dope in would die. And like, I had the most work to do. Mm. And, um, I know one message that I really like appreciated was just like, like you're doing the best work of your life. Like w watch out for yourself, protect yourself. Yeah. And that, that was just like out of the blue or it's like, Oh, he's like keeping up on, on like what I'm doing, my yeah. recovery, my work. And so, yeah, caring yeah. guy. Generous guy. We I've talked about my personal relationship with him on the show and just real generous guy and, and what a what a fucking pity yeah. what happened. Yeah. Um yeah, that was a really tough time for so many people. Yeah. I uh didn't handle that well for a while. But yeah. A lot you join a lot of people um who, who mourned in, in for a long time about Tony. Um I wanna ask you about Mumbai. You lived there. You lived in Mumbai. I stayed in Mumbai. I, I I lived in Goa for like four months. More Goa than Mumbai. Okay. Yeah. Um. But that. But I would. I was back and forth a lot. Okay. Um, I was in Goa to do like a performance art residency, and then I just liked it so much. I I, I rented a place to stay. But, you know, I, I mean, what I could say about my time in India was that some of the best food I had was in people's houses, and mm -hmm. like their their like home cooks were just phenomenal, and like. For me, growing up eating, like, Punjabi food to eat fish curry and, like, mm -hmm. shrimp curry, like, everyday prawn curry in Goa at at people's homes was just, like, fucking amazing. Um, even when I went back in February, there's amazing restaurants in Goa. This past February you were just there. Yeah. Yeah, I went in February um, for, like, some work stuff, but also to bring my dad's ashes back to India, uh, which, like, was two years delayed because of COVID. Mm. But um, I didn't end up go into any restaurants and go, I just ate at my friend's homes and they mm -hmm. would have these feasts and it, uh, really like the quality of the, as we all grew up knowing this of like the home cooks and our moms and stuff and like the, you know, far surpasses like a lot of restaurants. Yeah. So that was the experience. How there. do you travel through India? I mean, how, what's, what's, how do you envision a trip there? For one, I got to see my family and like, oh yeah, one of the best meals I had was like, my my family is like, you know, middle class, you know, sometimes lower middle class, sometimes upper middle class. And like, for them, like they don't eat non-veg uh, very, like all the time. Mm -hmm. It's considered like a, you know, like a treat, a special occasion. I had an uncle make me a goat curry that was just like wow. some of the best shit I ever had. So I try to do a good blend of like seeing my family because it keeps me grounded because a lot of times I'm around artists and musicians who are more well-to-do and like for them to be familiar with my music and stuff, they've, they've traveled, they've been around. Um, and then I have a really good group of like s slightly older friends who are artists, who are married, who have kids that also, it's so important for me to have like a sense of community, mm -hmm. see like where I want to be envision like a life as an artist, having a family. And so I, I do that, and then, yeah, a lot of checking in on the music scene. scene like, hip-hop is big out there, mm -hmm. electronic is big out there, indie is big out there, and so a lot of, like, just following up and, and checking on 
what's going on in the music scene, both as an artist and as like a, an executive. When you're out there playing shows um, and there's like a rap party or there's like something after the after the club in India, uh, what's the food like? I mean, are you is there like a late night? I, I know India is not a monoculture. So when I say that, I'm trying to just get a story out of you because I want to recognize not all food is the same. But- yeah, the types of places that would have hip hop are usually like, again, kind of like upper middle class yeah. upscale. And so it's like a lot of like bar snacks and stuff. Like, What's Indi- that? What is a bar snack? Like Indian, Chinese, Indian lollipops, chicken, lollipop yeah. chicken. Yeah. Um, and like um, not that different from like bar snacks here, which remind- this past weekend I went to this place, Pija Palace in L.A., um, it's like a sports bar with an Indian. It, it's gotten such great press. It's it yeah, was Pizza awesome. Palace, BA put it like top ten food and wine. I think wrote about it. Yeah, shouts out. Yeah, shouts out of each. I mean, I don't know. Well, I was like, were you stoned when you came up with this? You just, it, it's the green chutney we all have at home with yeah. coriander and mint. Not coriander, my bad. Yeah, maybe yeah. coriander. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, I, I, just I, thrown on a pizza and you know, yeah. like onion rings with like. Um, uh, like the dosa batter uh, instead of like, you know, and it, yeah, yeah, it was cool. Sports bar, Indian food. Yeah, it's Boom. got like a beer element to it. Like it's in a cool spot. Is that North Hollywood? Where is that? Is that? Is I was on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Um, okay. At a hotel at like on that I used to stay at when I would go out there and tour. Uh, at a, I remember that parking lot because Yellow Wolf tried to punch me in the face there. <laughs> yeah. You getting some fights back in the day? Nah, I don't know. I think my bandmate had said, like, uh, instead of, like, we're that's racist, we're Yellow Wolf, and he didn't like that. So. Oh, yeah, that common, that common beef for, like, I'm you and, like, yeah. No, yeah. it was just, like, we would we would be like, You're hey, what's up? Him. We're Vampire Weekend. You yeah, know, yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah. hey, we're, you know. <laughs> a Titus Andronicus sampled, you know, I think me me uh, saying, hey, what's up? We're Titus Andronicus. And put that on their album. <laughs> it's a good way to meet people. Yeah, yeah, he didn't like that. Nah. Like, You're not me. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> The blog boys, the blog world back then, the music oh, yeah. blog. It was such such toxic shit all yeah. the time, man. But great music. Great music at the time. Yeah, yeah, Early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. I feel I was just listening to the, the TV on the radio, the first EP. Was that you posted Satellite? I, I posted that, yeah. Yeah. I posted that because I was like, I haven't played the EP in a minute. And I mean, th- that band is the most unaged band from that era. They're so good. I, I think that was also, like, one of the, the things uh, I was listening to, like, when I was at Stuyvesant. And yeah. so when music is, like, um, fossilized like that in your high school years and, like, sure. your formative years, it's it's amazing and to come back to. And, like, yeah. Yeah, not to clown. Like, haha ha Heat is not, not aging that well. Not <laughs> That's to clown. That's funny. But... I was, like, thinking of them recently. Yeah, too. but not to clown. But, I mean, great art, though. I have to say, like, the, the visual, like, that was a great album cover. I remember buying it at Virgin when Virgin used to put the big album covers. Yeah. Have you seen this festival coming up with, like, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's and MGMT yeah. and all these bands playing? Wait, where are you guys at? Yeah, I'm well. They I don't. I don't know if we're ever going to reunite. So I don't. Yeah, think, yeah, I don't yeah. see that happening. Yeah, you guys aren't. You are aren't on that path. No, no. Uh, no. But but still, um, I feel like that band in particular. We got on a little tangent there. I want to get back and talk about Chintan Pandya winning the James Beard Award this yeah. year. Uh, have you been to Damaka? Do you know about this guy? Yeah, Damaka. Yeah, I've been yeah. to Damaka. Um, I've been to Sema. I haven't been to Masala Wala and yeah. Sons. Uh, definitely want to. Those places are hard to get into, man. Literally went to Masala Wall and Sons like last week. The only way we got in was like 9.30 and like we begged and like waited in the rain for 30 minutes. That was the only way I ate there. Yeah. Have you been <laughs> to the chicken place? Oh, the the rooster? Yeah. Um, R- Rowdy Rooster? Rowdy Rooster. I haven't been up there. No, I definitely enjoy his food. Want to go to all those places. Love what they're doing. 
Um, actually, just randomly today, a friend of mine who grew up with one of the um, one of the co-founders um, mm. was just like, "Do you still want to talk to those guys?" And I was mm. like, "Yeah, I'd like to talk to those guys." Yeah, yeah. we'll get into your restaurant kind of idea and mood board and vision because uh, I think I'm really interested in it and hearing about what you want to do. But like, let's get back to like that's a big moment, and I don't want to let it pass that he won the James Beard Award. His group did. The, this is the highest award for dining in New York. Yeah, and for an Indian restaurant, for a guy um, who doesn't look like. Uh, Daniel Ballou wins it. And what does that what does that mean to you? It's it's amazing because it, like like the company name is. I mean, it's real Indian shit. You know, it's not like I I fought so hard to make music and like increase our visibility yes. in places like food, music, fashion, especially music, obviously. And a lot of that visibility comes with kind of this notion of elevated stuff, or like it's it's a lot of like children of like professors telling these stories in Hollywood about like upper middle class, like, um, you know, what do you call this? First world problems mm-hmm. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so to do something that's genuine and authentic to like wreck salt of the earth kind of people and like to, to spice your shit. So it's spicy and stuff to, you know, it, it feels like a moment where we're not like trying to appease a certain demographic, but are doing kind of what's real and then, and then getting, like praised for it and so you know i i think it's great congratulations to him and Mm -hmm. like i think the food's been amazing i think the fact that you know it's gotten this praise in new york and like you know i i come at this from the music angle of like even outside my music what i did at spotify was try to give a platform for Mm -hmm. indian music to not just be accepted by folks in india or folks in the diaspora like me but seeing what's happened with latin music and now what's going on with Afrobeats, like wanting that place at the table, mm-hmm. you know, for Indian music. And so there's a similar thing with food where it's like, you know, we see like Americans love Chinese food. I mean, they end up like bastardizing anything that they love. But like, you know, Americans love Mexican food. When will we have the moment with Indian food? You know, uh, obviously England has a totally different culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, to not first off like i love indian accent food uh yeah also. solid place yeah i like Very that good. place a lot and so i like also certain like variations on like modern indian cuisine um but for for chintan's cuisine to also get that praise is just like a special moment yeah and i wanted to go back to your music like shut up dude and and sit down man like the way your mixtapes incorporated Indian music, Bollywood soundtracks. And we're talking about like 2008. We're talking about early before Indian culture had the visibility. I mean, you were pioneering that. So I want to don't want to let that pass because that was cool like that you were putting those beats in there and integrating. Yeah, I think especially um the Nehru Jackets album yeah. um we were kind of talking about earlier like yeah. uh, in 2012 was uh, kind of putting together boom bap underground rap and sounds that people had really heard but throwing in bollywood samples and mm-hmm. i mean it, it, you know it sucks because we like we grow up with this notion of like east meets west to the point where it's a <laughs> fucking cartoon and it's just like <laughs> yeah. this trope that we don't want to indulge yeah. but those are the worlds that we live in and so yeah. when we can bring them together and people who aren't just Indian identify with it or enjoy it. It's a, it's a mm. nice feeling, you know. Who else do you like in New York? You mentioned an Indian accent. Are there any other Indian chefs or Indian restaurants um, that you're feeling right now that you, you just want to shout out? My go-to before, like, Demaka. Well, Sema I like a lot, yeah, too. Sema's- and, like, I, 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 I never would associate, like, oxtail with Indian food. So that was a cool dish. Um, Indian accent has been kind of my go-to for, like, a nice Indian meal. Um, and then... 
There w- there was a place in Hicksville like uh, called New Chili and Curry that I liked. And nice. It was the only place that you could get like Momos, but um, they changed, I think, ownership. And um, so I, I go there less. But there's another place like a Pakistani tandoor place in Hicksville called Barbecue Night, BBQ Night. Mm. Just you know, small shop, but their Malai kebab chicken, Rishmi chicken, and their chicken tikka is phenomenal. Um, so I'll always like a hole in the wall, like kebabish in Jackson Heights. I love their um, mm-hmm. chicken tikka. And, um, but as far as like other like Manhattan restaurants, I'm not. No, these are good. I mean, this is the kind of, I was asking just because I'm, I'm taking notes, man. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm taking the LAWR out. Yeah, to Hicksville. I, I, there's a lot of good food in, yeah. in Long Island. It's slept on, yeah. It's definitely slept on. All right, you clearly are paying attention to the this landscape here in New York. You mentioned you and Tony talked about a possible project. You've done pop-ups, that's obvious. What's holding you back from doing a full restaurant? Yeah, that was cool. I did, I did like, a good test kitchen, yeah. kitchen with the Budmash guys in L.A. Yeah, those guys are cool, Budmash, yeah. Yeah, Arjun and Nakul are great people. Um... What's holding me back is, you know, in part, it's kind of like Tony being like, you know, like <laughs> restaurants are fucking tough, right? Stuck and that's like you. the reality. Stuck with you. And like, I I wasn't doing anything creative for like four or five years and my mental health was in the gutter. And like, now I'm coming back to, you know, being creative again, making music, I'm doing a podcast later this year uh, on cricket um, and I have a couple things in the works. And so... I can see myself kind of dabbling with that again. I mean, mm. talking with Avish at PJ Palace about it and like talking with those guys and like it's it's amazing because I I I dabble in like the periphery of these spaces of fashion, of food, but yeah. like, you know, music. I think I think I need to do the music first and then see where it takes me. It's it sounds like you've got a good strategy there. You've got a lot of like music is, is what I hope you do mo- most of and but your your restaurant would be dope, but I really like, like Narrow Jackets was just a great release. I wish there was more. Yeah, yeah. Sweatshop I am boys. working on an album. Um, uh. I'm working on an album. It's mostly rap, but I'm also doing more things where I'm singing, and and that's always been something I've been insecure about. So um, uh. I'm working on that. And, um, yeah, I've always wanted to do something with, like, like Indian variations on sandwiches. Um, hmm. And, um, and... Give me one. Give me one that like what's like what's the number number one on the board? Yeah, I mean, I guess like a Cuban, but instead of like um th- like we would use pork vindaloo. So yeah. um pulled pulled pork vindaloo. Um What's the bread choice? Pow bread. Yeah, of course. So it's pow sliders basically. It's all pow. I mean the pow at um and masala walla and sons. Holy yeah. shit. It was like yeah. half ghee. It was like a half ghee. You got to do it. I mean, you straight. got to do it. I mean, it's heavy food. I mean, it's I would, heavy. You know, I guess I would lean into the comfort food stuff because yeah. I know that like that's what I like, and yeah. I'm not gonna like you know have any qualms about making like fattening food and stuff. Yeah, as a cheat day, cheat day diet. Yeah, well, you know, we don't need to frame it that way. I mean, I feel like food is is enjoyed in many different ways, and we have our own diets, and it wouldn't be hard on yourself about that. Shit. And I I'm I'm curious more about like like you're obviously like a lot of what is westernized of Indian cuisine is Punjabi cuisine. And, um, but there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we eat at home that isn't really like restaurant fare. And there's a lot of more, I want to look back at at kind of more unearth some more Mughlai recipes that Mm -hmm. the Mughals used to eat and like unearth some more like Punjabi recipes that are, aren't really what you get at the restaurants because I am Punjabi. If I was doing something regional, regional, I don't, 
I don't know if it would end up being like from the South, from Goa, as much as I love mm. the emergence of what Chintan's done with, with like uh, regional cuisine. Yeah. What I know and what I would would probably do is more stuff like that. Like yeah. we use carrots a lot, you know, bitter gourd and just these dishes that I don't think Americans associate with Indian food. Speaking of uh, produce, you have a gardening bug. Like you, you've, you in your Long Island home, you have a garden, right? You're, you're down. Are you planning? We're recording this in January. You were planning your spring, your planting. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, pretty much like regular, like that I'll grow different green peppers, um, cool. eggplant because we do eat, uh, Bengen Bharta and, mm. um, you know, uh, definitely tomatoes. And then I like to use all three of those in the Bengen Bharta. Um, I did grow, uh, Brussels sprouts, like a bunch of stalks of Brussels sprouts. Those stalks are killer. Those they, look fun. They took like over a year and then I kind of lost interest cause it was just such a slow grow yeah, that by the end of it, like the bugs had gotten through it. I know that's the hardest thing about gardening is the rodents and bugs. Yeah. And just knowing when to, to, to get your sprouts out. Um, yeah. I did grow a cauliflower last year that eating it fresh with, it was the best gobi alu I've had. Hands when you down. can grow one cauliflower and you're going to make a gobi alu with it. It's like, yeah, yeah I tried to grow okra, but it was just too little yeah. of a yield. And then, I do like growing like squash. Um, yeah. So it depends on what there is there. I mean, I'm simple, bro. I go to like Home yeah. Depot. Yeah. I see, I see what they got, and then yeah, I bring the little that home. seedlings. That's what I do too in my garden. Yeah. I, I went to Lowe's. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm more of a Lowe's guy when it comes. to Are my you? Garden. Yeah. Yeah. That's my shit. That's it my guy. It depends on what you know. If they don't got anything at Home Depot, I'm going over to Lowe's yeah, for sure. Lowe's is my my where I get my my tomato plants. Like, for sure. I, I agree. I'm like I'm definitely just getting the ones that have in May and planting them. It was fun to grow a lot of cherry tomatoes because we don't use oh, yeah. that in our cooking. So to have like a sweeter taste on the yeah. dishes that I would associate with like Indian food was a fun it's twist. It's cool. Yeah. I, I like growing those as well. Uh, I'm not going to let this pass. A cricket podcast. Yeah. So that's cool. Multi-day tests. Guys wearing like the coolest fits in sports easily. Yeah. I don't know shit about cricket, but I'm interested. Me neither. Interesting. Is that the angle? You no, know no, it's not the angle. I mean, there's um, <laughs> shouts out Mangesh at Kaleidoscope. Can I name another like, podcast? Yeah, yeah, company? right. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Mangesh, who did Skyline Drive, and um, he yeah. he approached me about doing a podcast on cricket and this um, this very specific match, and um, but also the context around like India at that time. Oh, right. Um, so it's it's like early stages, but I'm really excited to do that, and then um. And then, uh, yeah, I, I might do something later on in the year on, like, India and, like, Western fashion. Oh, sick. Are you, you're a big English soccer fan, too, right? Yeah, fuck it. What's your squad? Yeah, Arsenal, right Arsenal. here. Arsenal, you got the—oh, you got the, the tattoo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got—I see it. Yeah. So what's it, what's it about What's it about football that, that, that you enjoy about it? I don't know. I wasn't, like, into it traditionally growing up. I guess we'd play FIFA a little bit and stuff. Yeah. But uh, it was another thing that, like, after my father passed that I just, like, needed something to do. I was unemployed for a year— gardening and planting flowers became one of them mm -hmm. and soccer just having something to follow that's consistent something that's global and even to like i love the way that the pitch looks and yep. so as like a a, a a wannabe gardener like that's beautiful i love the buzz of the crowd you know if i'm like falling asleep at 8 a.m during mm -hmm. a match like the soothingness of those colonial bastards fucking <laughs> accents you know it's just like i find it relaxing you know yeah. and again like global international to to have all these players come from all these different places and then find like unity on a team it's like a beautiful thing well said i like 
soccer that way too. I think it's also only like ninety minutes, two hours. Yeah, like you know what you're gonna get. It's not yeah. like an NBA game, and it's, it's like good like lean back or lean forward watching. You know, right? Are you into the NBA? I've always been into the NBA. I went to the game last night to see the Knicks lose oh. to the Wizards. I've oh, always been into rough. the Knicks losing. Yeah, Knicks are not. I'm, I'm a Nets fan. I, that's my that's my team. So that's all we're gonna begin it. You've there. been a Nets fan? Yeah, I haven't since they moved to Brooklyn, like since in twelve. So yeah. like thirteen years or eleven years. Yeah. You know, we were trapped in the house during COVID, like everyone else. Yeah. But my mom and I went to the game two, uh, Atlanta Hawks versus the Knicks, when the Knicks were in the playoffs. Yeah. And just the crowd buzz outside MSG was just insane. That was that will be the series that they'll always yeah li- for now, li- for li- now. live up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't mean to get into sports with this 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 podcast. But but I did have some good birria tacos yeah. and nachos at, at at the garden last night that was surprisingly good. Wait, really? Yeah, and like fresh off the grill birria and like I Los mean, Taco is that who's doing it? I can't even fucking remember, remember, but I know that like I've been there a lot the last like year or two. I yeah. do I do like going to the garden and like. The food has never been anything worth noting, yeah. and, like, I, I did enjoy what I had last night. Back to New York City, give me three classics, places that you keep going back to time and again, having been raised here, depending, doesn't matter if you have money in your pocket or not, but maybe if it does, if you have money in your pocket, that's where you're going. Do you have a couple classics? Singo's Famous Pizza. Interesting. Indians have loved Singo's Famous Pizza for, like, 40 oh. years. Um, there was one in Flushing. And back before modern times, Indians would were still lived in Flushing, and now it's I think it's mostly the Chinese folks stayed, and the Indians would move to Bell Rose Floral Park, then the Indians would move down to Hicksville, mm-hmm. and then along along to Dix Hills is like the way that it goes. Um, so Singa's famous pizza, and then I think a guy got the uh, the Ecuadorian guy who made the pizza, and they opened up Bell Rose famous pizza, and Bell Rose is like you know I grew up. And as a baby in Flushing and always went back to see my grandma and go to the temple. But um, Bellrose uh, is where I really grew up and my adolescence was. And so what makes the pie good? Like what's 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 happening here with this pie? I have no idea why. I think it might be the the like 12 inch personal pie size. Um, It's nice to have your own. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Just onions and Mm. green peppers. And they started putting, like, chicken tikka and paneer on it. And we're like, no, no, no. We don't want any of that. We just want— You just go straight. Yeah. Vegetarian. Nice. I I love that. Um, I I, I still go to Jackson Diner in in Jackson Heights. And I remember when it was a small daba with the steel plates and and before it moved to, like, the bigger location and, like, the the Clintons ate there. It was, Mm -hmm. like, a moment that I remember— so, you know, I, I I last went there with like Riz mm. for like an interview with the New Yorker and we you know, and um uh I haven't been there in ages because I like more of like the kebabish mm. and more It was the, like the one place in Queens that everyone wrote about in nineteen ninety nine. Right. Like, it's like Jackson Diner, the one place. Right. Go, Almost to yeah, the point where yeah. I'm like I, I uh, I'm like I wanna separate. No. no. I mean I'd still cool place decent though. food. Decent cool place, all that shit on the ceiling with the Yeah. Um but I, I think it's because I had this childhood memory of going there when it was just like a very small shop. Yeah. And that pizzeria on the corner on 74th, um, that's been there since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, it's all it's a bit of nostalgia with Jackson Heights. And I lived there for like two years. Any Brooklyn places? I don't mean to put a neighborhood in your mouth, but I want to get, you know. Yeah, you got to diversify my... Just, uh, just, I feel like you, you, you have a very interesting and 
dynamic background in New York growing up here in cool areas. Yeah, we didn't go to Brooklyn that much growing yeah, up. And like yeah. Manhattan, oh, I mean, like as a family, my family likes Bukhara in mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Manhattan. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I don't know if it's because it's popular in India. It's like uh, there's one in India or I don't know if there's more. Um, I, you know, I haven't been to Diner or Marlowe and Sons, but my years yeah. living in, in Williamsburg, uh, yeah. I like those places a, a good amount. Um you know, but but I can't s- separate like growing yeah. up from like what I like now. So definitely, um, Jackson Diner and Singa's Famous Pizza are like the two that I would say growing up. Like, did you ever hang at the light spots in the East Village? The two Punjabi spots, those with the lights. No, I mean Punjabi Deli. I got to mention yeah, too. Yeah, that's um, that's cool because I I love Punjabi Deli going to shows at Mercury Lounge going yeah. across the street. Absolutely for the samosa 100%. and um, chole bature. And then I I they were in some tough place like financially and then they never cleared the construction that was like ongoing for like Mm. years and years in front of Punjabi Delhi so me and a friend of mine Ali Najmi petitioned the city to speed up the construction and to get a taxi stand around the corner on like Avenue A so that was a, a thing like on the organizing and activism side that I'm really proud of is that like we were able to get a taxi stand so the guys wouldn't get tickets while they go in there to use the bathroom yeah um Damn. It's crazy that you have to petition for that in New York City. Yeah. It's crazy that you actually had to take that step and go to the city council and say, like, let these guys have a bathroom break. Yeah. It's Ali Najmi, man. Great guy. Yeah. He, he, he definitely knew how to do that um, more than me. I could raise awareness about it and get yeah. it in publications, but he did the groundwork. Yeah. A combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Can you walk on the side of the street with one of those anymore? You know what? I was thinking about this the other day. So first off, I fuck with Taco Bell, right? Sure. Um, Who doesn't? It's the best. There's like, I, I've been recording in Hicksville. I met this guy at my like cousin niece's first birthday. And he's like, I got a studio. And I'm like, this is great. It's five minutes for me. And there's two Taco Bells on the way home. Mm-hmm. And I try not to eat it. I've been trying to eat healthier and stuff on my little diet. And I, uh, I passed the first one, and I'm like, all right, staying strong. But then by the second one, nah, I can't do it. Can't do it. And you're just like, you're going in the drive-thru. Yeah. yeah, and then, like, I make it like, oh, I'm getting the 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 bean Mexican pizza for my mom. Not, yeah. You know, and then I get my little Chipotle it's a good chicken. son. You're picking up some Taco Bell for your mom. I- Indian people love the fucking yeah. bean Mexican pizza. There's a lot of fast food as vegetarians didn't do it for yeah. us. You know, it's not my personality. There's a lot of Indian people whose, like, personality is like, oh, don't get rid of the bean pizza. No, that's, I don't give a shit to get rid of it. But my dad liked that shit, so it's yeah. nice for me and my mom to it's eat nice. that. And then, you know what? I actually fuck with Pizza Hut. Like, I wouldn't have said this the last 10 years, but I'm com- I'm, I'm, I'm confident in, like, my, my poor taste in food. Like, I mean, Pizza Hut's got that salty fucking cheesy shit you like. Never yeah. fuck with Domino's. Don't fuck with Papa John's. They're racist. Yeah, horrible, <laughs> horrible racist company. Do not. And Caesar's not bad, but I'm a Mich- I'm from Michigan, so I gotta respect Caesar's. Caesar's not bad. Crazy bread, not so bad. They got the saltiness too. I like that yeah. little saltiness. With the, the salty is good. I mean, that song's gonna be in the Library of Congress if it isn't already. That song is a silly song, but what it did was it brought awareness to hybrid two. Two is better than one for restaurants. Americans just love as much shit as they can get. <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> Did you write that one about the 14th Street one? The one on Union Square? I feel that's the one I always, I always like passed and was like, am I going to go? Am I? You know, I think I've talked about this, but it was a line that was in one of Victor's songs that he wrote. And then I was kind of like me being like the A&R marketing mm. guy was kind of like, let's make this its own song. And so I, I think he did write it about that one. Mm. And then me mentioning Jamaica Avenue, I had no idea that there was actually a Pizza Hut Taco Bell on, on Jamaica <laughs> Avenue. It's just near where I grew up. So yeah. I just... I just threw that in there, and then so there's a lot of serendipity with that one. Yeah, and we recorded that on one mic, moving back and forth, like yeah, you know, because it was just you can hear it very spur. Of the I mean, moment. a single lyric and the way you can sell it is like it's a very difficult song to pull off. Production wise, it's tight. It's a great song. What do you think of like food being so prominent in rap music? And like it's always kind of been like that, but I mean, there's it's I guess people are more aware of it now. But like rap music as folk music, rap music as as uh, documenting the mundane, like it's still to me. It's went to Carvel and got a milkshake. That's the first food line that I ever knew in rap. Right there, Fife Dog. Like that guy. That is the rap song that started it for me. And I think New York City and rap has a cool connection with food because regional food in rap is always interesting. I don't necessarily dig the rapper food personality hybrid shit. Like not gonna name names, but like I just don't like when they aren't all in like yourself like you're all in like you clearly care about the shit and you you actually have ideas but when it's just like the guy with the mention of the song i don't dig that as much there's a aspirationalism to like rapping about food now and what and like i guess some of what you know like the obviously like rappers like love like the mafioso shit and so i love like the italian references very true good point i think the italian reference is always going to be in rap and they're they're, you know it's like it's are you rapping about getting a table at nobu or are you (laughs) rapping about like picking up like a chopped cheese from the bodega like so i think that for me it's more like the mundane daily life reference to eating that i like more than the i got a reservation at this place kind of thing you know good point I, I agree. I, I think, you know, any vo- sign of vocabulary and knowledge and education in rap is cool. Like, I'm very down on, like, I, I mean, Drill is is a, is a scene. I'm too old to talk about Drill. Yeah. But I don't think those guys are necessarily talking about, like, like, like deep food cuts. Like, I haven't, you know, I was. Am I wrong? Like, let's go. Like, is there a Drill rapper who, who has a good food vocabulary? Oh, I can't remember his name, but there was a dude who had a song that was all about this one place in Brooklyn where he would eat, and they um, are known to, like, give you takeaway cups of, like, alcohol. So it's, again, going to be, like, the. <laughs> nutcracker? The, 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 not a nutcracker. It was something else, <laughs> but um, I think it was called Apollo's. Um, okay. But, but uh, no, there there isn't that. But I was thinking today about lemonade was a popular drink, and it still is. Yeah. And it's just, like. What like it's what were you th- like? That's great. Like, but I was thinking about like, did you know that song was gonna be so big? Because uh, it's just such a like mundane kind of line. Yeah, and, like I love it. Yeah, it's it's when you I, I think back to regional. Like when you when you bring in like your city that you represent on your shirt that you're rapping. You know, it's like your vibe. If you're talking about Atlanta or talking about Houston, and there's like a cool like Nifa's a navigation. If you're rapping about Nifa's a navigation in Houston. I'm sure, like, Paul Wall. I feel like Paul Wall rapped about Nymphas. Must have. Or, like, Roscoe's in L.A. Yeah. Or, like, when... Yeah, I like that. I mean, Snoop did a little bit of that, you know, his early albums. I feel he has a little bit but of that. But I love this. Probably more references to food in, like, rap music than any other genre because you've got yeah. so many words that you got to put in the yeah. song, and then because you're repping your neighborhood and because you're talking about the mundane, I think, often. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, you got to eat three times a, three times a day, sometimes six. Sometimes. You got to do three verses, boom. <laughs> you got it. You know? <laughs> Heems, we asked all guests in the Taste podcast, if you could write a cookbook or food culture book without the burden of time, meaning you have no deadline or the burden of budget, you have all the money in the world, yeah. what would that book be? Yeah, right. So I've thought about this before. I've had, like, a conversation or two about it, actually. Um I'm an ideas guy. I'm not an execution guy, but you know, um, those are the best. Straight up, <laughs> you you hire people to execute yeah. for real. The ideas are hard to come by. I think this year I'll get there. But mm-hmm. um, the idea I had was again about like diaspora, Indian history, to have some of my friends that work in food, fashion, film, um, art, to share a recipe from their mother mm-hmm. and to document a conversation between them and their parent about like the recipe. So uh, it it would be home Indian cooking, but through the lens of like these people that have done and a lot for visibility, but then bringing it back to their family and like what their, you know, family's favorite kind of recipe you wouldn't think of is, but also like, where did you go to buy those spices in 1993? What was it like when there were in Indian grocery stores? Like, would you have to go to the Latino shop Mm -hmm. to get one thing and then go to the American shop to get another? And so just kind of like documenting history through like those recipes. I love that. I think that it taps into something that we don't cover in, in food media as much, which is the before like the before sometimes is like the beginning of a book like and then you go to the modern but if you always are dwelling in the before i like that it's cool yeah and i think it's just again like about like food as documenting history which yeah. is always like where where everything kind of begins so are you gonna get that taco bell check is that gonna happen it has the to only happen. check i ever got associated with taco <laughs> bell was that there was like a show in korea where the promoter got uh, taco bell's like <laughs> first like korean shop to pay some money and there was a fire on the stage so i guess like you know the the, the gods weren't with it you know uh, they weren't but you got paid in real currency and not like taco bell dollars no we got paid in real currency and we ate some good barbecue on that trip yeah korean barbecue is the same Heems, thank you for joining the Taste Podcast. Yo, thank you so much. This is great, man. James Harris, welcome to the Taste Podcast. Thank you. Man, I like throwing fits. I'm a fan. I I enjoy what you guys do. Thank you. Uh, For our listeners who don't know... Um, I want to get a little into what Throwing Fits is because it's not just a podcast. It's an online community. You do Patreon and all that stuff. But really, I like it. I'm not really a menswear guy. I, I, I wear clothing during the day. I would hope so. Yeah, definitely. I try to. Call an HR a, a taste if not. Yeah, it would be an issue here at Penguin House. But I, I'm, you know, I, I follow it as much as I want to. But I also think what you and your, uh, your co-host Larry do is you talk about New York City yeah. and L.A. as places. And food always seems to come into the conversation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, ostensibly, it's a fashion podcast, but, like, you can only talk about clothes for so long, especially with other people that maybe aren't as obsessed with it as we are. So that's kind of, like, the portal entry point into just the larger conversations that we're having with, like, interesting people or the conversations we're having with ourselves. Um, and, like, the joke is that it's a visual art form on a on an audio medium. <laughs> so, like, we can't really talk about clothes or, like, the color blue for that much without <laughs> talking about You're wearing a lot of blue out. right now. I'm wearing a lot of blue. It's a it's a, a blue story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So it, it, it's a weekly interview podcast, and then we have our own shit, and then we're, like, doing trying to do other things. Yeah. 
uh, in IRL stuff, put, make your own clothing for the first time, which yeah. is an insane challenge and has made me really appreciate how hard it is to make good quality clothing that yeah. you actually like. It's cool that you actually do it. And you, so you can't like clown on, on bad br- like brands as I much. Know. Yeah. Well, it's not the critic that counts. It's the man in the arena. So yeah. Agree- well said. Have you ever done food collabs? Like, have you, have you like pitched like sweet green, like doing a collab or any of that stuff? One of our ongoing dream partnerships for a brand that just needs to give us a ton of money to do it yeah. is to partner up with store with sorry with restaurants that we really fuck with and go to frequently enough and we shout them out enough where like people will literally go there and be like, hey, I learned about this restaurant I'm throwing fits. Yeah, um, like Bernie's for example. Bernie's. Like Bernie's, you got to have a house account of Bernie's by now. Uh, they do call me the mayor there, or Lawrence <laughs> calls me the mayor there. Um, shout out Oliver and Rachel, the the two maitre d's and. Yeah. and Managers, so you're getting like awesome. a booth, you're getting like escorted in, like cut, cutting the line, cedar plane I pre- style. I prefer the 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 best seat in any restaurant is the corner of the bar, just the best people watching. Yeah. You get to chill with the bartender. You mean like no backspace, no one behind you. Basically, you can look forward and you, you. Yeah, it's the best people watching. You can actually watch the people at the bar itself. And then Bernie's, it's a nook, which actually I don't know if you know this, but it's the opening. It's where they shot the very opening scene in The Departed. Yeah. Before it was Bernie's, but it was uh, like a pizza spot. Yep, yep, yep. That was pretty mid. Yeah, there were some mid spots in Greenpoint, but Greenpoint in general where you uh, are located and you, a lot of your sh- your show and your Instagram is based around Greenpoint. It's a great restaurant neighborhood. Yeah. I was kind of uh, prepping a little bit just because I didn't want to sound like an asshole and be like, <laughs> all right, what are my top three spots? I'm realizing that I don't really leave my little bubble yeah. of well, Greenpoint, North Williamsburg, Yeah, uh, which is maybe something I should work on. Yeah, is Cool World good? I haven't been there. Um, What's the hot take? Okay, terrible name. I mean, it's kind of decent not great. brunch. Cool. They right. had a, like a, a a beef au jus sandwich, but with a yeah. pho broth dip. Sounds like a French dip. Yeah, but with made it, but with like uh, kind of like pho flavors in it. Uh, the first time I went, I wasn't really a fan. The second time I went was with all the fellas, the mm-hmm. freelancers, our groms, as we call them. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence and I took them out to Cool World, and we got the off menu fried chicken. Yeah, which is fire. Yeah. Um. And that was just, like, a fun, fun, like, group time. What's crazy, though, is that, like, no shots at Five Leaves, but I was having brunch there in the window, and it was pretty empty, and it was, like, we walked right in, no reservation or anything, which is rare in New York now, and uh, people were waiting outside Five Leaves. Like, we sat down, and when we left, people were still waiting that we'd seen, like, pull up, like, when that were waiting when we pulled up. So they're, like, doing real quotes, because, you know, like, there's the fake quote and the real quote, but they're doing, like, real quotes, like, three-hour wait, two-hour wait. I think it's just like on some like uh. some European like <laughs> must hit list or something. I mean, Five Leaves is good, and I'll go there and get a fucking bowl of beans every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> sounds great. I haven't been there since like they opened. It's been a minute. They're still doing. I mean, they're still yeah. doing crazy business, and they're still doing yeah. egg and beet on the burger. Do you go to D and D ever? Uh, that was my spot for a while. Yeah, it's also. I mean, this is kind of like. Uh, Say it, James. My Say take it. on reservation culture. Oh yeah, is so fucking out of control. It's so hard to walk in. To yeah. a, like a quote unquote regular restaurant yeah. um, in certain neighborhoods, right? In certain neighborhoods in Brooklyn and Manhattan. James, we talk about it a lot on the show. We talked to uh, John Bonet, who runs Rezzy's editorial, I and mean, we talk, spoke with the editors at Eater about it too. Is it's, it like, it, I'm not just imagining no, this, right? You are not imagining this. It's some of the, the toughest uh, cultural, uh, I would say, cultural tokens or cultural indicators are the restaurant reservation right now, meaning the most coveted yeah. when you say toughest. Well, yeah, and everyone wants to get in there and put put it on their fucking IG story, make a TikTok. But it's uh-huh. crazy, like, the worst thing is when people are, you walk in and they're like, oh, sorry, it's all reservations. You know, even at the bar, they're doing reservations for bar seats, which is yeah. absurd. Yeah. I hate it. I mean, it's tough. I think on the flip for the restaurant operator, you know, 
they got to like space out the the flow sometimes like their kitchens get crushed they don't have the staff that's okay, like the yeah. flip side all right yeah you're you're saying you're saying some truth so i think a lot of people are frustrated by the restaurant reservation why go to the small guys go to chinatown go to places you can walk in yeah for sure but they're not as cool in some yeah ways. i mean they're just as tasty but it's also just like yeah even like neighborhood spots are tough to just i know walk in. but that's why cool world is kind of this weird anomaly because it is like mm-hmm. um uh no pun intended cool restaurant but yeah. you can kind of walk in name's tough yeah. This is tough hang. Tough okay, uh, Dr. Taco, that is your Instagram handle. What's the story? Is, there, is this a culinary reference or something else? Uh, it's actually, I, okay, so I lived in Thailand for a year near Shit. Chiang Mai. Sweet. Um, just after college, no job, no idea what I want to do. You fuck with Muay Thai? You box? Um, I did a little Muay Thai, I, and it was like truly like in like some old man's backyard where there's like wow. chickens running around, yeah. and they're like the real guys are like getting their shins beaten with metal rods. And yeah, we were just like, oh, like <laughs> now we great cardio. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> getting shredded here. Yeah, I mean it was <laughs> fucking tough, and I would love yeah. to get back into it, but I feel like every Muay Thai place in New York people like are actually training to fight. <laughs> yeah, which I don't really want to do. No, I just want to like, just hang. So tell me about Thailand. Uh, so I lived in Thailand, and there's a potato chip brand called Doctor Taco, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and it was pretty tasty when I got back to New York and I actually started up the first started up an internship, uh, where I first met my now throwing fits co-host Lawrence. He was like, yo, you should get on Twitter. I'm <laughs> like, what? It's like, this is fucking stupid. All right. I don't need like a real name like James Harris or whatever. So I just did doctor underscore taco MD. Okay. Became known as Dr. Taco, doc, talk, taco, whatever. Yeah. And then Instagram came around and I just kept it going and people think it's like, people think it's like a sex thing. Yeah. It's a potato chip thing. Exactly. I like that. I like even that. better. I like that even better. Do you ever like get these chips in in like uh, mail order style? Do you ever get them? No, like the doctor. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I, this was like literally fourteen years ago. Wow. So I don't even know if that chip brand it's is so probably bad. out of business. All right. I want to ask you about the menswear fashion crowd. Like, what? Where are they hanging out? Where are you hanging out right now in in Brooklyn and and the city? Um, I think Finelli's is still ground zero. So Finelli's is still ground zero. Finelli's is still the one. Wow. It's a joke. Like, if you want to, yeah. the, the stop and chats are fucking rampant there. Is can't over Lucian? Yeah, I'm not really a Lucian fan because, like, again, it's just too hard to get in. Yeah. And the food is kind of whatever. Yeah. The vibe, I guess, is great. But, uh, right. that's probably more like art crowd. Okay. Um, I like the parsing of the crowds. It's, it's nice to hear this. Yeah. It's really think, articulate. I think right around here... Like rock centers still trying to become a fucking thing and <laughs> yeah. like, good luck. Yeah. I'm nah. not trying to pay like $25 for some little snails or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Monkey bars are reopening, I heard. Or, or doing yeah, something no, cool. I think it's open now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's happening. There's like a roller skate rink instead of the ice skating rink now. I don't know what's going on. I mean, it's uh, been minutes since I've been up. Where do you like to hang then in New York? And I'm going to get into some top threes because I, I really want to get into some of your, your brain. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I mentioned this, but. I'm, like, not really leaving my little bubble, which yeah. I like, is, like, this yeah. kind of off near, like, McGulrick, between McCarran and McGulrick mm-hmm. on, like, this, like, I guess, eastern side of Greenpoint, which is off, like, the Franklin Ave uh, crazy strip, which is now just Takia Ramirez lines down the fucking it's block. It's crazy to see Ramirez have such long lines. Dude. It's good stuff, though. It's really good. Yeah. It's the closest taco in New York without going, like, deep into Brooklyn or Queens that I've had that tastes similar to something in Mexico City. Yeah. But the lines, and again, it's tough. It's just lines are a real crush. And now, after the, they were like number, f- I don't know what they were on that New York Times 100 best restaurants Top in New 20, York. I think the lines are always like to the corner. Now they wrap around the corner and go down the block to the next corner. Damn. P. Wells actually 
I think you did a good job with that list. Do you? Did you actually dive into it a little bit? I sk- I skimmed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really sit down with it. I really want to go to the. I really, I have been really wanting to go to the number one one. Yeah, and like link. I guess another fucking absolutely Tatiana one. by yeah. Kwame Nwache. Yeah, yeah. It looks so f- so yeah. good. But yeah. now it's I'm not even gonna try. No, it's it's a tough it's a tough reservation. I'm sure you could get in though. Now, okay, what places are super out? Because I think you follow like the trends and the way the ebb and flow of of restaurants and and bars and stuff. I don't know. I don't really. Uh, this was like a good exercise just prepping for this because I don't yeah. really uh, I don't know if I really like chase like what's hot and what's not but yeah. just like I'll just love a single dish at a place and like as a my OCD will just like make me go back there frequently yeah. just to get that one thing mm-hmm. I th- I'm really sick and tired of like very expensive overpriced French brasserie yeah classic fucking yeah. like steamed fish with a cream sauce yeah yeah for I, like 48 yeah. exactly I'd rather just get like I miss just like I don't know, like really spicy Vietnamese food or something. Like yeah, definitely. Yeah, New York. There's some spot. I mean, Koreatown's got. I went to a place last night that was 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 literally on fire. So I, I think spice is nice. Now I have to ask, like Balthazar, like you. Mm. It's a theme on your show. You you guys go there with your gang with your crew. Are you into Balthazar? Let's be honest here. Uh, not the food. I think. Yeah. Like New York has a pl- a ton of places where the vibes are on ten. Yeah. But the food is like. Yeah. Pretty fucking mid. Yeah. And I think Balthazar is right there where it's like, you're going to have a great time. The lighting's great. Everyone looks good. Everyone's mm-hmm. getting fit off. But at this point also, it's, again, just such a tourist place. There's like TikTok girlies. Mm-hmm. There's uh, the people that are going there because they saw it on TikTok. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of content being created within those walls. Yeah. That, on that zinc on that zinc bar. Yeah. Lots of like stands and phones being set up. I mean, the amount of selfie sticks and even tripods <laughs> at Balthazar is crazy. <laughs> but like... Burger's fine. Burger's but, good. And I don't know. French I, onion's good. Uh, seafood tower's overpriced. Yeah. Yeah. But, but and like just gonna just grabbing a drink there with some friends and like maybe getting yeah. a fucking bowl of fries or something is good, but for a whole meal, it, it's just like very mid food, but yeah. the vibes are just very high. What's New York with, is chock full of that. What's up with jeans? Alex Delaney's been on the show. Uh I hear about jeans. I haven't been yet. Is like is the food there good or is it just a club? What I haven't I don't know if the restaurant's open. Oh, it's not even open. It's not even open. Shout out Benny yeah. and uh Ash, but like I don't. I don't know. Okay. I think now there's just a bit where they're like, "Oh, Gene's not open yet." It's like, all right. It's almost like, <laughs> like it's just a club space. It's just a club. It's fair. It's it's a good, nice space, good location. Alex and Giavos, when they do Love Club, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, shout um, out Richmond, Virginia. I like that. Yeah, I like that Giavos guy. But I would love. To, he's he's awesome. You should have him on the show. Yeah, I. He has my, a few restaurants. He has uh, Stella's in in Richmond, which is which looks phenomenal. I think he has one in mm-hmm. Charleston as well. My sister in law Maya uh, runs a spot named Dinamo down in Richmond. So I love nothing but love for that town. It's like a little gem of a food town. Fuck right? Yeah. Um. All right, we're gonna do our first top three. Okay. Top three slices. Let's just go. Uh. Okay. This is hard because my number one, just based off memory, was this place called Frank's on 22nd and 1st. No longer there. It's probably a fucking bank or a subway or something. Into the retro, maybe not open list. This it's a It was good, just like good way to do greasy it. New York slice. It was a dollar fifty a slice. Um, but right now it's Leo's. Yep. Uh, or just sorry, just Leo. Yeah. Shout out Joey. I think their potato pie is phenomenal and their chopped salad and beans and another place that's just like the uh, rare, rarity where the food matches the vibes. Yeah. You can have a great time there. It's loud. It's buzzing. Great wine, great beer, um, great pies. So Leo, I would say Scars just because, like, yeah. just recency bias, just had a, a Nick's watch party oh, in the back there. Oh, in that one. little back space? Yeah. Which That's is just, kind of a restaurant, but never yeah, really one. Which is just a lot of fun, like, 
uh, Hugo, this guy, the brand director at Awake New York, he just yeah. invited some friends and was passing out President Days, and it, it just felt like a, like a, uh, I don't know, like experience you don't, you can't really get anywhere. Yeah, um, I mean that back room and the way he like art directs it, it's it's definitely scars. You got to give that guy scars some some credit for like creating yeah. this mood. Is the restaurant open next door yet? It's across the street. I don't oh. think it's open yet. Okay. I think that um, they're still working on it. But from what I hear, it sounds like it's going to be pretty a pretty cool like kind of one two combo. Yeah, um, I heard sushi. Is that true? Japanese. Uh, I I don't know how to. We're doing scar on. We're we're doing plywood report here, James. We're doing plywood report back at Eater Eater 2010. (laughs) Shout out. And then (laughs) I was, I don't know. See, like, I'm not a pizza snob. So I was trying to, I was kind of struggling with this one. But the last time where I like traveled to a different neighborhood to get a slice was probably Mama Two's on the Upper West Side. So fucking good. Applause, applause. I love that place. I think, I think their um, Pomodoro slice is one of the top. Yeah, and I just, think I only had uh, the grandma slices. Grandma slices so up there. Good. Great call, James. I knew you'd come with some Thank spots. you, thank you. Have you ever met a chef who actually dresses well? Maddie Matheson. Um, not just for a chef, but for a big boy, for a big dog. Yeah. He puts that motherfucking shit on. Yeah. Um, whether it's like the vintage thrash vintage tees and, and gigantic vintage Carhartts or like yep. he's been doing his suit shit now that he's on the red carpet for the bear yeah. and everything. He's been getting his suit on, and he looks fantastic. He looks great. Yeah. And he's got great ink. I mean, he looks nice. Yeah. Like, his arms, he looks nice. And just the funniest guy. And then I would say Flynn McGarry of Gem. I can't afford Gem. Flynn, former af- guest. I can't afford Gem. I went once, and I was like, all right, I uh, need to fucking- Gem Wine? You go to Gem Wine, at least? I can't get in. Okay. It's another one of these, like, TikTok places where I think now they're finally <laughs> open on the weekends. Yeah. But it, mm-hmm. maybe when, like- Outdoor seating opens back up this summer, which is actually exciting yeah. just because it yeah. means, like, more uh, opportunities to, like, go to places. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll give it a shot, but, like, it's another one of these places where I'm just like, I'm not going to wait an <laughs> hour and a half to have a glass of wine. I know. So, so what's the throwing fits line on Dime Square? Uh, I don't know. It's, like, it's a funny, it's just white Chinatown. Like, it's a funny... It's a funny little phenomenon. I really like Servos. I think Servos is still like one of my favorite restaurants. Always say that when we do talk about Dime Square with other guests, Servos is always, and Dimes 2 is actually a good restaurant too. Yeah. Oh, I'm, you you pause. I love it, James. I'm, you pause. I've been there a few times um, and never really was like super blown away. Probably because like an uh, ex-girlfriend was always taking me there and I was just like, all right, like this is yeah. okay. Restaurants are like that. They have yeah. connection to people and you just don't want to be there anymore. But it's like sitting outside drinking a 50-50 yeah. servos martini yep. and some fucking fried prawn heads, like sopping mm. that butter sauce up with yeah. that bread. So when you're sitting outside and the sun's setting and it's like hit, it's going like straight down Canal Street, it's a great fucking time. Yeah. I really want to try the new Parcel beer shop too. Yeah, the the retail down there is great. I mean, not just not just for food, obviously, but there's 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 like stores down there, like yeah. metro stores and stuff. Great down. vintage Leisure Center, Leisure Center, of course. Street rack. Chad just wheels out a rack on the weekends. Yep. And uh, right outside La Dive, and he'll just like have awesome stuff. Yeah. And it's just like a good. It's a good little area to just, like, bop around for an afternoon, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's good for out-of-towners, too. We have a lot of out-of-towners that listen to the show just to come by and, and hang out down there. Yeah, in terms of, like, the Dime Square, like, <laughs> lore, I'm not really that tapped into, like, all the newsletters and all the fucking yeah. burner accounts and all that shit. So I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't really. Well, I like have that. Time to get into that. I like that about you. You obviously have a real strong point of view with food, but you definitely aren't like food media or like nerding out on that shit. Like, you definitely have your own point of view. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, just eat what you like. Yeah, I don't know. agree. I want to get into your background. Uh, did you have uh, Japanese food in your home growing up? Not really. I think because my, my mom, my mom's Japanese, grew up in New York City. And like, obviously there's like tons of great Japanese here. Yeah. 
But uh, I don't know. She 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 like always thought that American food is so oily and yeah. greasy and heavy. So when she was cooking for us when we were kids, I think she like kind of pared back on that. And then I was lucky enough uh, every summer to travel. My whole family would travel to Japan and like hang out with the family there for like a week. Amazing. And so that was really cool. Amazing, like, cool. Yeah, to like eat fucking sushi as a seven year old and like understand yeah. and like <clears throat> appreciate it yeah. or eat a fucking Seven Eleven. Uh, ramen and be yeah. like, oh my god, this is phenomenal. So Why don't good. we have it over the over having eel for breakfast? Do you ever have eel yeah. for breakfast? Yeah, eel for breakfast. Uh, my uncle one time came back, he just like caught a fish and came back and just like we had sashimi with wasabi, just like, yeah, on the fucking kitchen table that he nice. just caught. Um, so that was cool. That's cool. So, where did you grow up? I grew up in Stytown. Oh, Stytown, well, Peter Cooper, yeah, Peter Cooper Village. Yeah, um, so when you were growing up. Uh, did you go to Did you go to school High school here too Yeah I went to Stuyvesant in Oh America. name check There you go <laughs> you, you, you were one of the down It's funny Did you go Did you go to school With Ryan Muir Yeah Photographer Yeah yes I think so Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I'm putting you on the I'm putting you on the spot Like do you know Ryan Muir I, I don't really know that. Ryan. I don't know that many people From high school but yeah And the and Das Races guys Yeah yeah, yeah Heems, Heems yeah. Dash Yeah um, definitely um, Manchu just had his Fake going away party No oh, shit he he's in LA now. No, he's staying in New York, but he still he had a going away party because he was going to move to LA. <laughs> yeah, he's like, actually, I changed my mind. I'm going to stay in New York, but I am going to go to India for three weeks. Good so he's for over him. in India now, just chilling. But uh, that's a great back, episode. I'll link to the show notes. Teams on on the Taste Podcast. Now, so growing up in New York, okay, this is even a broader like question. Were there any Japanese spots that you were going to with like your with your family? New yeah, York? there was a a spot called Choshi on 19th and Irving. Are you serious? Do you know it? Uh, Dude. yes. So fucking good. My God. Before Irving Plaza shows, I used to always go to there. Yeah. Yeah. And like weirdly affordable for where it is. Oh my. I don't know. I guess like uh, I had a job working at Sunrise Mart one summer. Nice. I was a delivery van driver, which was awesome because I got paid by the hour, but I wasn't supervised. So if I finished <laughs> all my deliveries, people would call in over the phone, uh, grocery orders. I would pack up the van, drive around Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, dropping these off. Um, mostly like Japanese families. Yeah. And, uh, and then if I got done, I would just fucking find a quiet street park, take a nap for an hour. Yeah. Make an extra 16 bucks. It's the best. Yeah. Sleeping, get paid to sleep. I definitely had jobs in in my past. Yeah. I got towed once, but, uh, the owner of Sunrise Mart, I forget his name, but he's a, he's a legend. Um, he was like, the policy was like, you got to pay for it. He's like, don't worry, I got you. Oh, that's nice. That's, that's generous of him. Now, let me ask you this, uh, growing up and going to all those spots in like, like little Japan in the East village, I feel like, like Sunrise Mart was almost like Erwan before Erwan was Erwan. <laughs> and they like kind of missed the boat. They could have been Erwan. Yeah, I think, but what's cool is that the guy was like. He still has Sunrise Mart in Industry City now. Oh, cool. He's yeah. just kind of like, yeah, I don't want to, like, spread my time. I'm, like, 70-something. I'm just going to retire and chill. Um, I forget his name, but he's just kind of a legend. And, like, quietly was, like, the Don of, like, Little Japan on, like, East 9th Street. Yeah. All the little places on St. Mark's. Um, oh, another funny growing up in New York Japanese story. Went to Nobu for the first time. I have a rich, eccentric uncle. Yeah. Who likes to take out my family when, when he was in New York when we were kids. And we went to Nobu. And we're, like, fucking eating the, you know, black cod miso, like, whatever. Always, yeah. My mom is like, hey, uh, my Japanese mom, she's like, do you have any white rice that I can just have, like, a side of with, like, all this, like, salty-ass food? And they're like, uh, no, we don't. And she's like, but this is a Japanese restaurant, right? So, <laughs> whatever, shout out Nobu. That's funny that they would not even do that. They wouldn't serve you. Were you sitting next to anybody, anybody big there at Nobu back in the day? No, like but my, my, my eccentric uncle ordered some fucking expensive scotch. And I apologize to the producers and the listeners for doing this, but he was like... He took a sip and he just goes, and everyone in Nobu just like looks over at us. 
Like, we're the crazy people. And then later on, they couldn't find my dad's coat. And my uncle, it was for my dad's birthday, so my uncle had bought him a headlamp for, like, yeah. doing shit around that. I don't know what, I don't know what. <laughs> and so he puts on the headlamp and is going through everyone's, like, minks and, like, fucking, like, This overcoats. is the eccentric uncle. This is the eccentric uncle. Wow. He's standing on a chair. He's, like, pawing through everyone's, you know, multi-thousand-dollar yeah, yeah. overcoats and furs with a headlamp on. I love this guy. Um, is he still Is he still here? Is he still in your family? He's still, yeah, he's still uh, kicking it out in Seattle. But he's, now he's, like, a big, uh, like, a crypto prepper guy. Oh, he's a prepper guy. Yeah. I was going to say crypto, but probably prepper is more accurate. But what's crazy is his... Him and his wife, his wife was a nurse and she uh, was a nurse and doctor here. She was an epistemologist, I believe, Mm. during like the AIDS epidemic Mm -hmm. in New York. So when she saw that shit happening in China in like January 2020, she sends an email that we're all just like, she's overreacting. Mm. It was so prescient and like it was so like, you know, stock up on toilet paper, medicine, uh, prescription pills that you're going to need. This is like, this looks like the big one. Wow. And then, uh, we were wow. like, oh, whatever. Did you did you actually buy the toilet paper? Or did you? Were no, you like, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now you worked at Complex. I wonder, were you? Did you cross over with First We Feast and Chris and those guys? Yeah. Ever? I feel like with like like hot ones coming out of First We Feast. What a miraculous, crazy story. What a great. I love Chris. He's such a great guy. Yeah. yeah. And still the same dude he was like you know before the ship went went nuts. But yeah. I was friends with Sean Evans. I actually like yeah was one of the. He was a freelancer for a lot of channels, mostly sports, but he would do some stuff for Complex Style, which I oversaw. Yeah. Just, like, more, like, jokey stuff. And we became friends, and he's like, yo, I think they're, like, offering me this position. I was like, yeah, come to New York, bro. Like, wow. Come, he wasn't even Come do it. Wow. No, he was still in Chicago. Wow. And then this, I mean, Sean is, like, the goaded interviewer, and, like, he, yeah. the amount of research they do is nuts yeah. and second to none. But uh, at the time, Lawrence and I actually had a YouTube show called Fashion Bros, where the whole ethos was we'd have on... <laughs> A guest and kind of ask them like left field questions, which now is like pretty standard. But back then it wasn't like, "Hey, Migos, like, what's your mm-hmm. inspiration for the next album?" It's like, "Yo, how much weed do you smoke?" Yeah, yeah. What's on your Netflix? Um, and it would like kind of actually elicit like human responses, not just like. Well, I love your bullshit. show, throwing fits. You do. The, I mean, it's that. That's why it's so great. Like you Thanks. guys just go in and you do some research, but you also just have great on your feet. Style. Yeah, thank yeah. you. But Sean yeah. and I, we used to be uh, F train buddies. We take the F train home together. Nice. And he was like, "Yeah, like the show. Like I don't really know if like <laughs> asking people questions." And I was like, "Yo, just ask crazy questions. Like don't ask the questions that everyone else is asking. Ask the questions that you, as a person, actually would want to know. And then like you'll actually connect with them and get it out of them. And now like I'm not. What, you claiming- get pro- you get producer credit here, James. I mean, I no. feel like there's some like producer credit. John is just the homie. The last time we hung <laughs> out, it was like he invited us uh, to his crib for like a fight night. Yeah. Ordered like an insane amount of Maria takeout. Yeah. So wait, that's funny. That's probably more Maria takeout. The amount of Maria. The that's amount like of Maria takeout. Too large, probably. Well, the amount of Maria takeout probably exceeds <laughs> the the monetary value of whatever I would have gotten as a producer. Oh, Sean. I mean, I, I they deserve it all. Those guys worked their ass off for many years. Chris and the team. Yeah, Justin, Chris, Sarah, Justin, Justin, all those guys. Yeah, definitely. All right, next top three. Top three spots just for like a good drink with a friend that has a vibe that you just want to feel the vibe. Oh man. Um. First up, I think, is A-Bar. Do you know this place? Yeah. It used to be called No Name Bar. Yeah. My brother-in-law owns that spot. I, I, Are you serious? Like, for real. Yeah, yeah, Dude, the place is awesome. I stay above it, yeah. It's sometimes. a fucking hole. It's a shithole, which is what I love about it. It's a great bar. But it's also, like, weirdly classy and, like, well done. It's just, like, dark wood. But it's all just metal guys, like, crazy fucking face tattoos. Yep. Um, Sounds about right. Never 
crowded, which is great, but always a good amount of people. So there's always like a little bit of buzz, but you can always just walk in and get a fucking bud. Um, love that place, especially in the summer because it's like a cool little yeah cave. backyard's great. And, yeah, and, and great backyard. I hear I hear through the family grapevine through the family group text text and maybe there'll be some food in the backyard. Or something. Ooh, it's being worked on. I think they've. I think I've had like a pretty sketchy hot dog. It's back there when they've had like pop ups or something. Yeah, they they could improve it, but I think yeah, just just like okay, what's the number two spot? Uh, number two, just because I walked by it today, I was like, oh shit, I can't wait to like start hanging out here. Is the Lot Radio mm. again? Kind of just my like North Green North Williamsburg Greenpoint bubble. Yeah. You ever hung out there? No, I haven't been over there. It's great. Uh, it's just an open fucking lot that they have a shipping container where oh, on cool. one half of it, it's just like. DJing and they had like a live stream radio radio online radio show just constantly going and then the other half is like beer wine sake mm. a few like bites potato chips coffee in the mornings and then it's just this open space with just like a hodgepodge of chairs they have fire pits going it's not like twee and millennial and no. horny um, it's a little like wild west brooklyn like back in 2005 yeah. kind of and vibe. like people are just smoking weed you can smoke yeah. cigs um, a lot of times people just BYOB, which is kind of funny. Interesting. For uh, a bar, that's not the great business <laughs> model. <laughs> but they, they've, like, done a good job of, like, slowly extending out seating. It's like porta-potties. Yeah. And, like, they're building out seating, like, um, on the street there. Do you ever go to the yard in Gowanus back in the day? They did, it sounds similar. I don't know. If no. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just always a fun time and, and good for a big group. And also, like, you end up just meeting people and talking to people. Um, so it's a good spot. Okay, one more three. Yeah, one more three. Maybe. Okay, I had a few contenders. One was Commodore, just because like yeah. that's literally the only bar I still go to in my mid thirties. I was going to my early twenties, <laughs> and it's that still like opened. Hasn't fucking changed, and the, nah. the hot breast is still still slaps. It's good. They were like hot chicken before hot chicken before yeah. like the meme. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Good spot. Good choice. I mean, it's yeah. still dark and, and kind of dingy. In yeah, so, like, I wanted to kind of maybe do a non-dingy spot, but then I was like, oh, uh, I was, like, looking around, like, place I've been recently, Nancy's in Tribeca, but just because that's such an outlier for Tribeca. Yeah. yeah. And it's such, I only go there when we're, like, waiting for a table at Frenchette. Yeah. So it's like, all right, going to go to a overpriced yeah. fucking fancy spot. Let's go to Nancy's before I end to save money. Damn, Frenchette? What? That's a that's a tough hang. That's a that's an expensive table right there. I We do business with one guy who has the bat phone there and not that they like hook it up but he'll always put it on his company plastic so like oh we'll go well, then <laughs> end of story yeah like, that's why we're still on. doing business with this guy let's move on i mean yeah and you and that is part of your business in the menswear in fashion industry uh is all about the plastic exactly and then uh, sorry so then like a non-shithole i would say like maybe four horsemen just because it's like just in the window again it's one of those places where you, it's hard to walk in now but if you yeah. get there early enough or in an off hour, you can just sit in the window and like drink some wine. Yeah, some great. James food. is there, you know, just doing yeah. thing. Sure. <laughs> Other James, he's been on the show. We've talked about. I'll link to that one. That's a that's an that's a one from a few years back. Our interview with James Murphy and and the chef there, who's still I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Place is excellent. Yeah, love four horsemen. There's another spot, Friday in Fort Greene. Yeah, you know it. Uh, yeah, I do. Four Horsemen alum. Yep. One right. of the best steak tartars I've ever had in my fucking life. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if it was like how to classify it. If it was like Italian or French or whatever, but it was. What? So it's tartare. I think egg. I think really great beef. I think capers. I think maybe shallots or, or light, mild onion. What, what, it what had is? some pickled daikon on it. So it's going that route. Yeah. Cool. Which was like not, not in like an Asian y way. And yeah, I can yeah. say that, but uh, I can say that. But uh, yeah. it was just fucking like very funky and delicious. I don't know. So, I mean, tartare when the beef is nice and it's like fatty and, and you can taste the beef. It's not just cold. Yeah. So nice they Love named that. it twice. 
appreciate appreciate the you doing this research. You were you were just in LA. I was just in LA. Um, we were uh, messaging back and forth. You got stuck in doing going to some pretty middle of the road restaurants. It sounds like. So my question is, LA. Where do you like to go there? Um, first and foremost, it's a Maddie Matheson recommendation is uh, El Russo Tacos. Yes. In Echo Park. Yes. It's fucking f- phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, wait in line. Yeah. Like, wait in line at El Russo. I, I've never actually experienced a line there. Yeah. Even like a Saturday at like noon or one o'clock, um, which is nice. I mean, not like walking right up, but I think I went there twice in one day the last time we were there. Damn. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of carne asada. I don't really know. It's like when we're in LA, the schedule is so fucking packed yeah. that it's like, all right, we know El Russo, we know it's fire. Yeah, that's definitely a must hit. And then it's like in terms of driving around and like experimenting with other taco spots, I would love to do that. And I'm always getting recommendations and ask people recommendations for their favorite taco spot. I'm the doctor, actually, after all. <laughs> but uh, it it's it just always El Russo, literally number one. And then from there, sorry, excuse me, we can't really don't really have the time. And this past trip fucking sucked because. As we kind of bring on more guests of, like, a higher celebrity caliber, you enter into this fugue purgatory of, like, nothing's confirmed. Yeah. They're going to be fucking late, like I was today. Um, sorry for being for being on my All uh, good, yeah. star behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, rock and roll there, buddy. So we fly there, and we're, like, just waiting around the hotel, and we can't commit to, like, going yeah. to dinner with friends. We can't try out a new restaurant or, like, a place we want to go to. We can't drive out to a taco truck because it's like we need to be near the hotel, near the gear, at our action stations. So it's just eating at the fucking hotel. Oh, brutal. Which is Ugh. trash. So you've channeled the frustration of business travel in L.A. I feel like it happens to a lot of our listeners. You've been there for a variety of reasons and you just have to do the work because you're traveling there. But you can't eat the food, which is on SGV or yeah. You know, West Side. I really want to try uh, Pija 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 Palace. Palace. I yeah. was just gonna say, how was it? Great. I mean, lots of lots of great things going on there, including the owner. He's incredible, and I think you should have the guy on your show. He's got lots of shit to say. Okay, uh, not to produce your show. And well, speaking of that, time. Do you, have you had any good uh, throwing fits food crossover episodes that we should know about? I guess Maddie, Maddie Matheson. Yeah. Um, he was like talking about the bear before anyone knew what that was. So we were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're like, was he like, this show actually is going to be good? He's like, yeah, I got a show. We're like, what? <laughs> so we didn't really have anything yeah. uh, prepped for that. Maddie was awesome. I'm trying to think who else. I think it's just like, we always just end up talking food with everybody because everybody has like their favorite spots. If we're in LA, we'd be like, yo, what, do you, what, what, are, what are the best spots in LA right now? Uh, if someone's, we just had on uh, this fashion editor from Berlin. And we're like, where are we going to Berlin? Mm, and she's like mm. dropping things. And it's like, all right, it, when I do go to Berlin, I'm going to listen back and take notes. Right now, I have no fucking idea what she's talking about. But um, I think Maddie Matheson's probably the most. And then I guess Chris Storer, the You've had him creator, on? Yeah. Oh, nice. Bear. I've had his, uh, we've had her sister on, his sister on, Courtney. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was definitely some food talk there, which is like him being the bear and also just a food lover. Um, let me ask you this. Um, you're a man of tattoos. And we're working on a story about bad food tattoos. Tell me, what's the weirdest, oddest, strangest, worst food tattoo you've seen in the wild? Oh, man. When I think of food tattoos, I just think of, like, the stereotypical, like, radish, oyster. Yeah. Those, like, super twee, stick and poke ones. Yeah. Yeah, Not even that, but, like, kind of, like, the more traditional American ones. Like, every tattoo era looks so dated at a certain point. I know. And right now, like, I mean, the shit I have is going to look dated at some point and fucking stupid. I think. What are you going to do? What's the plan? Nothing. Just Nothing. Cover up. Keep hiding them. Yeah, keep hiding them. Yeah, yeah. Get more. Lean into it. Yeah. I don't know. 
Uh, but like the traditional American ones of like chef's knife, like yeah. fucking a, yeah. a turnip. Yeah, primals of the cow. You yeah, know, real the, ma- exactly like yeah. the fucking the pork cuts. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of this weird like whiskey and boots yeah. era of masculinity in the early 2010s. It's pretty funny. Eliza's working on a story for taste, and I'm going to link to that if it's live yeah. by the time we do that. Now, let me ask you, you guys, when you open your show, you always talk about what you're wearing, but you also talk about what you're drinking, which I appreciate. The fact that you're thinking about the, what your beverage is, that we do this show many times a week, and we don't actually talk about the the water or the water or the water we're drinking. because The Diet Pepsi. You got, so you got Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, a nice choice. Uh, what drives you to think about your beverages? I don't know. I think like uh, during the pandemic, we were definitely boozing more on the pod. Um, and that was kind of just a fun way of like, oh, like I got this wine and the w- yeah. the wine guy at the wine store said it's this like shit from Portugal and da 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 da. So just like another, again, yeah, Vino Verde energy. Yeah. yeah. Just a, a portal of entry into a conversation. And I think like with food and drink and style and how you like present yourself or how you consume, there's definitely similarities. And also with cooking, especially. I think. When we talk about like what the guest, I mean, usually it's it's pretty boring. It's like, all right, we're drinking tap water. Yeah, guest wanted the seltzer. Yeah, you get some, but you go into like you know sparkling water, seltzers. It's to me, yeah. it's not boring. I think bottled water cultures is like snobby bullshit, but uh, it's uh, I don't know. I think that it's it's important to like kind of keep levity of like the fact that yeah, like we're we're an online podcast and mainly online community, but like linking up with your with the homies for to like grab a drink or something is still like everything should still be rooted in like the real life actuality. Yeah. Um, and not just only existing online. Right, and just having, like, you're talking about emojis and shit. Like, I mean, yeah. it's like real-life shit. Is like We want Modelo's with the fellows and Buds with the Buds. Yeah, I like that. Speaking of Buds with the Buds, last top three, group hang New York. Oh, three spots. Tough. Yeah, I know. I'm putting you in spot. You're doing a good job, though. Appreciate it. Um, I mentioned Servos. I still think that that's, like, yeah. one of the for-real go-tos, like, if someone's visiting, uh, that's, like, a must-hit. Although it's yeah. kind of hard with a big group. Yeah, so that's the question, right? So we're going six plus. Maybe Resi isn't working because six plus is hard on Resi, yeah. even for a Tuesday. I'd do hot pot, maybe like Peking Duck, just some classics. Oh, Peking Sesh- Duck House. Yeah, Peking Duck House. Um, my favorite big group spot in Chinatown closed down during the pandemic. Mm. It was called Sonor. It was actually in Indonesian, oh, okay. in like a restaurant or a restaurant basement. Yeah, Bernie's. Yeah, is still my number one. Um, that credit, the house credit's getting really getting upped right now. Oh yeah, these references. Oh yeah. yeah. Great, yeah, worth the wait, even though, again, yeah. like, the line's crazy. Nah, I love it. And then I guess another place that's great for a group is Astori Seafood. Have you been there? Just, like, showing up, picking out your seafood you want, and it's like, are right, you want it fried, roasted, yeah. blackened. Like, it's pretty simple, but it's just a great yeah. fucking time with a bunch of people. And getting out to the borough, too, out of borough. Yeah. You uh, said Astoria Seafood? It's an Astoria Seafood, yeah, but yeah. it's, like, not, it's pretty South Astoria, so yeah, it's yeah. not too deep into Queens or anything Absolutely. What are you cooking these days? Yourself. Usually pretty simple, just like salmon. Really, my doctor's that, that's like, like the health. Like, my you, doctor told me I had high cholesterol, but I think it's because I drank coffee before my James, blood test. Are you on statins yet? I started, Great. but I went off Five them. MGs. I I don't know. Okay, the generic shit because I've terrible like, health. Like how was the dose though? Like oh, I don't fucking know. Okay, Big, uh, is it horse pill or is it like tiny pill? Mm, tiny. Yeah, so you're doing like five MGs. I mean, there's a, I think so. there's a time in a man's life or a woman's life that you get, get on the statins. But I stopped taking them because I'm uh. convinced, I'm pretty sure that I drank coffee before my blood test, and that's why my yeah. the, my shit was so fucked, because I didn't know that I was taking a blood test. Oh, yeah. So I stopped, and I'm going in tomorrow morning. Ooh, the um, fast have, is on. I have a reminder at 7 a.m. to not make any coffee. Yeah. Um. So I will be fasting. 
and grumpy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's been salmon over like rice with some Japanese pickles and like a roasted veggie. Like that. Um, on the weekends, I'll just take kind of like whatever's left over in the fridge and do like a, just chop up whatever vegetables and make like a pasta sauce. I've been doing a lot of salad freak. Oh, shout Jess. out Jess. Yeah, Jess, guest of the pod. She's been on the show. She's yeah, she's great. I'll try to make like I guess you'd call it meal prep, just like, all right, one for tonight, one for tomorrow, but I'll yep. end up just eating both both servings. That's I mean to be out of shit out of it's luck. It's truly the, the worst thing about meal prep is like I want to go like one and a half. Yeah. And then I got half left and the half doesn't work. And then I'm like, wait, I just ate two pounds of Brussels sprouts. Am I, I gonna be okay? Like <laughs> Because you can't on. stop because it's good and it's like in the moment. I'm with you. I know what that means. And then I did get sucked into the uh, TikTok chef abyss yeah. by this guy, Laurent Dejeuner. Oh, wow. Do you know him? No. Yeah, the TikTok chef thing is interesting. I mean, it's definitely obviously. Laurent Dejeuner. See, oh, there okay. he is. There he is. Check him out. Yeah, I'll check him out. So you're actually cooking from his recipes? Uh, more just like taking a screenshot of what he posts in his caption and just kind of like figuring out myself. Yeah. But, like, watching it, like, once or twice. Um, but he's doing it in a way that's, like, actually makes it look very fun. Um, and I know that sounds incredibly corny. Nah, I, I follow I, it. Do you follow Pierce Abernathy at all? I don't really follow any food yeah. people because yeah. then I just get too fucking hungry watching, like, scrolling. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah. James, we ask all guests on Taste Podcast, if you can write a cookbook or food culture book without the burden of time, meaning you have no deadline, or the burden of budget, meaning you have all the money in the world to create this book, James, what would that book be? Um, I'm sure this has been said many, many times, but again, going back to my year in Thailand and the amount of like street food there, which is like literally just, that's what you eat for every single meal. Um, just like going to the, that market or whatever, just every market or as many markets as possible throughout Thailand, the North North of Thailand, Indonesia, um, just that whole region. And just kind of like, I don't know, I think it would be Better just to have them, yeah. like, well, that had to have them do the work. Right. Um, have them write out the recipes because, like, I'm not gonna fucking be like, oh, and then I experienced this, like, no. I befriended this guy who made the best lek hang I've ever tasted, and he would always give me extra fish balls and da da. Just let him tell his story and like get him paid, yeah. I guess. Oh, so, so you're like altruistic and you're giving them suck, some of the money. I would suck Random House dry, and <laughs> by giving them as much money as the author, the American author. Uh, we get paid as well, so everyone just makes the same amount of money. Respect that, James. Yeah. I pre- appreciate it. I think a Southeast Asian cookbook is in your future. Southeast Asian, yeah, for sure. James Harris, Throwing Fits, thank you for joining the Taste Podcast. Thank you. This is Taste is hosted by Eliza Abarbanel and me, Matt Rodbar. The show is produced by Shalia Harris and Pat Stango and edited by Clayton Gumbert. Theme music by Steve Rydell. Visit Taste Online at tastecooking.com and make sure to subscribe to our newsletter for updates on all cool things that are happening. 